Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm joined today by the great Karnak himself, BA Insight CTO Jeff Freed. Howdy, Jeff. You are really dating yourself with the Karnak reference. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be. Uh, we have to be men of a certain age to get that. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Johnny Carson, man. Um, but uh, it's uh, been great to work with you this year. Uh, we're just wrapping up towards the end of the year, and I'm shortly headed off to Costa Rica to be unplugged over the holidays. Oh, but, fantastic! Are you a regular of Costa Rica? Is that a, is that a place you have visited before? This is a first time. So I will report back. This is sort of the time of year to dust off the old crystal ball. Absolutely. Before the holiday sets in and we escape to destinations exotic, you have brought for our consideration your predictions for 2017, thus permanently documenting your prowess in reading the market of innovation for all to see forever and ever. Amen. I get very excited about these kinds of episodes. Probably because you can pin me down. And- <laughs> On that note, you know, I feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice. We should have done this as more of a draft and actually assigned points and laid odds to this. I I think we could do that better next year. Okay. In light of of, uh, pinning you down, we should really set set the table stakes here, do a bit of a recap. Since this is our first time uh, doing this, the first time our listeners have heard your prognostications on this show, uh, what's your track record for predicting future trends? How often do you dip your toe into these uh, waters? I have to say, I I take all of these things with a a giant tub of salt, but uh, since I've been in a position where people have started expecting me to know the future, I've done this as a sort of an annual habit. And at BA Insight, that's really been only the last two years. I had a set of top 10 predictions for 2015 and a set for 2016. And here we are in 2017. Previously, they've been blogs or things of that sort. So this is the first time in this podcast format. Okay. So in terms of where you have come from in this, how did you do in 2015 if you if you match your predictions to what happened? Well, I just went over that as it I, I made myself a little spreadsheet and I looked back at my top 10 for 2015 and I guess technically I'm at 80%, 8 out of 10. Five of them happened as predicted within the year and three happened but a little bit more slowly because I have the, the 2016 time period to also look at. Two didn't mm-hmm. happen and one I've just given up on, which is a prediction <laughs> that digital assistants will cooperate with each other. I had a perhaps a hallucination that Siri and Echo and Cortana would start exchanging data and be able to talk to each other on our behalf. That has not happened and probably probably won't. So I've, I've dropped. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think hallucination is probably the right way to describe that. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I did take, you know, that what I've been doing is taking the things that are still alive and rolling them in. So for 2016, on my little scorecard, I got a, a 90%, 9 out of 10. Nice. Uh, you know, three of these were things that carried over from the previous year. And you could say that by dropping my hallucination, I, I, I skewed the odds in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're both you're both showing yourself as being reasonably talented at this game, and that you cheat. Oh uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
what let's let's pick out a couple of these in specific. What do you see as these uh, as as the things that you are uh, uh, most proud of your observance of them uh, before we get into 2017? Sure, and I I just want to comment that I I keep this to sort of the the tech search SharePoint thing. I'm not predicting you know outcomes of wars or global you know, the level of sea level rise and global climate change. It's it's really about the technology and adoption of technology in search and SharePoint and sort of surrounding space. So some of the things that when I go back and look at my scorecard, I predicted maybe seem obvious or like motherhood. Uh, at the for 2015, I had predicted that beautiful designs would reach the enterprise. Really, the design of the rise of this design ethic and design as a major investment. And that now it now seems like a very obvious thing because we all experience it. I think two years ago, uh, it, it was not so obvious. But now I see companies often that have a designer to developer ratio that's close to one to one. Which astounds me. Even more than that, you'd see, you know, more than that, the the just design, the human interface investment, right? People yes. who are observant of, you know, information interaction. Exactly. And, uh, you know, within 2015, there was a big news in the industry of Apple and IBM hooking up to make enterprise mm-hmm. apps. As far as I can tell, that really hasn't panned out. Despite that, the appetite for well-designed UIs is is way up. So that now seems like it was obvious. At the beginning of 2016, I predicted that machine learning would show up everywhere, that this was, at the time, the Azure machine learning workbench wasn't, was a rumor and not even in preview yet. You know, I had been involved with machine learning back almost at the turn of the century, if you will. Now, even a year later, it seems very obvious. It's it's at the top of the hype cycle. You can't turn around without seeing machine learning and AI in everything. And one of our investors told me that it, it, uh, it it's a running joke that that every business plan proposal they get has machine learning in the middle of it. So it's it, it's definitely overhyped, but it's also very real. Um, and we've uh, used machine learning in our own products at BA Insight. Over the last year, I've seen lots of new entrants. Like uh, uh, Brainspace is a is one that's just they call it building brain. They do they do great mm-hmm. marketing. There's another one that I when I I look at it, I say, oh well, maybe it seems obvious. Is that I had a prediction that IoT would go mainstream. Maybe it's because I had just gotten my first Fitbit for Christmas in 2014. Between Echo and Home and Fitbit, and of course the the warehouses, et cetera, spend in IoT is now something like a million dollars per minute. Wow. It's definitely mainstream. This is this would be the difference between hyped, overhyped, and and a bubble. The things that you are describing may be overhyped in that the mainstream is excited about them, but it's not a bubble because there's actually substance there, right? There's something that is defining and redefining the industry as we move forward. It's not looking like it's going to evaporate. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. I don't think okay. that excellent user interface design and attention to that human machine view, I don't think we're going anywhere but up. And similarly, with machine learning and IoT, my, my predictions about SharePoint as a 
overall, I think probably also seem like they're obvious. In 2015, I predicted that SharePoint, which at the time there was some hype about it being deconstructed, that it would lose two of its major services, which it did. And, you know, for 2016, I predicted that SharePoint would be back in minimum in, in, in brand awareness, but also real product on-prem. Um, that was a relatively safe prediction a year ago because Jeff Teeper had already rejoined the SharePoint group. And knowing him, uh, was, I was pretty confident that he was there to bring SharePoint back. Even three years ago, you know, in 2013, CMS Wire predicted that SharePoint would be gone and disappear altogether in, over the next five years. And that's certainly not happened. Anything but. Anything but. That's an area where the predictions seem maybe obvious, but I like to think that I was a little bit ahead of, certainly ahead of CMS Wire. Well, how about the search engine market more broadly? Well, in enterprise search, which is a specialty and the one that you know I, I have spent the last dozen years in, um, I predicted that there'd be more and different search engines, that there'd be a new wave of specialist products or code bases. And that's one that has happened, but has happened a little slower than I expected. Um, I keep a running list of new enterprise search products, which had uh, 18 new entrants in the last two years, since the beginning of 2015. Mm -hmm. um, so with some nice diversity. Some of them have uh, image search capabilities. Some of them are pure machine learning based. Some of them are e-commerce in a new form. Many of them are using Elasticsearch, the open source search base, and then building on top of them. So that really has happened nicely. But uh, there's also been some things that surprised me. Specifically in the enterprise search market, uh, Google dropped a bomb by pulling out of the market and discontinuing the Google search appliance in the middle of the year. I might not have been watching close enough, but I didn't, I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, you know, asked that question two, three years ago, it, it, I think it would have been fair to assume that Google was going to put all their might behind enterprise search and being the dominant appliance in enterprise search. And then they just evaporated. Well, I, I, I have no. I know enough people there, and I've watched enough that I knew that it was uh, had had its ups and downs, and was coasting, and was not living up to its own expectations or the expectations it set in the market. In fact, Google sort of did themselves and everybody a disservice by promising that you could just plug it in and walk away, yeah. uh, and, and no enterprise search works that way. But I was surprised that that it was a. Uh, sunsetted in the middle of the year. And th there have been a couple of acquisitions as well. Recomind, which um, is a partner of ours at B Insight, was bought by OpenText. And I think I wasn't surprised by the trajectory, but by I would have expected it to be a year later. And uh, there's a, uh, one of the new entrants that I was tracking, Sonata, um, was bought by Cisco with less than a year on the market under its belt. Those were both things I wouldn't have predicted. Similarly, a couple of the 
of the vendors at Tivio and Lucidworks that had gotten themselves in some trouble by, if you will, being overcapitalized, taking too much money, and um, then having management shakeouts as a result and having you sort of get yourself into a tight corner. They both come out the other side with recapitalizations with people yet another wave putting yet more money in, which I, I'm glad for them because it, it, it keeps them going in the market and lets them sort of right the ship. But that's not something I would have predicted. So there were surprises locally within the search engine market. And therefore, I think my, my nine out of 10 track record for 2016 is cheating both in a little tweak of something that I that I didn't carry over from the previous year and also, you know, a couple of surprises that I might have, um, if I had been really prescient, put on the, the scorecard. How about in the Microsoft sphere? You got a couple of surprises there, including the LinkedIn acquisition was a surprise for you. It, it was. Um, and there are probably people that, that have a cleaner crystal ball than I do that saw that coming because there were rumors, but I discounted them. I think the big one for me is that Dynamics is coming on strong. This is not a new thing. It's sort of the third time around, but Dynamics 365 came out in 2016. There's a strategic partnership with Adobe as well as the LinkedIn acquisition. And we've started working with Dynamics 365 at BA Insight, so watch this space. I'm, I'm quite impressed with it technically including some of the recommendation engines and the customer insights, et cetera. From a market perspective, I mean, Microsoft is still number four. So they're well behind Salesforce. But I'll actually make a prediction as we get to it that, that Dynamics will gain 10 points of market share on Salesforce in, in 2017. So it's uh, my bet is on the, on the Dynamics side despite my admiration for Salesforce as a company. All right. And before we get into more of the specific transformations, what, what are the, the, the sort of notable trends that you're watching that help define the, the predictions that you're about to lay out for us? Yeah, sure. There's a few, and these are so broad brush that I won't call them predictions at all. They're well known in the industry that there's a, a, a really strong trend towards more intelligent systems. You know, as you know, I'm a, a member of the Cognitive Computing Consortium, mm -hmm. and the the sort of series that we've done around the intelligent intranet, both in podcasts and other material, which is sort of a nascent idea, but also all of the artificial intelligence that's a, a, a huge trend in that area. There's a huge trend in security, similarly, and in digital transformation, people really trying to change their businesses in a significant way through a, a, a new wave of, of computers and digital media, if you will. So that and sort of the inexorable march to the cloud is what I'd call it, that mm -hmm. the move to the cloud has been a trend now for, what, six years, seven years? Um, and it's, it's still, still moving on very, very strongly. Is it, is it at this point a trend or a foregone conclusion? All of these at some level are, are foregone conclusions, yeah. uh, just a matter of what the pace is. Yeah. Um, the, the pace in move to the cloud, either through hybrid or not, continues to outpace what, you know, what analysts have predicted for the last couple of years. So I, those are things that I will leave the predictions to 
to others and professional analysts. And I'll, I'll keep mine to the uh, to to the local sphere, if you will. All right, all right. So here we are, 2017. We have your list of top ten predictions. Uh, how would you like to take these in reverse order or uh, or one to ten? Well, you brought you brought up Karnak to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so who always used reverse order? I don't particularly care. But I think let's go <laughs> go go one through ten, um, okay. and I, I will make a corresponding blog so that listeners that want to read and look at some pointers and hold my feet to the fire, have a way to do that. Outstanding. Outstanding. So the pressure is on. Here we go. Number one, you say the office graph will cross the trough of disillusionment. This is a, one of two carryovers that I've had actually on the list for the last two years. So I'm maybe uh, reducing my, my uh, likely score by sticking with it. Um, the office graph is a built into the fabric of Office 365 and is a way to look at signals and content from all areas. And if the trough of disillusionment is a uh, term from the Gartner hype cycle, that things go up the peak of hype through the trough of disillusionment, you know, which is after things, the, the hype subsides, subsides and you're left with the reality. And, and then move up to the what they call the plateau of productivity and the office graph was uh introduced in late 2014 i still run into many people that don't know what to do with delve don't really have um true application sure and and are sort of perhaps a little disappointed with what they see versus the hype but i i know that there's an incredible amount of power there and it's an area that folks, especially the folks in uh, Microsoft Norway, keep working very hard at this. So I, I think in 2017, this really will happen and there'll be clear evidence that we're in the, the plateau of productivity more than right now. The, I think the telemetry I was told is about 11% of users use Delve at least once a month. That's pretty good, but still not enough to, for me to say that we're, we're really there. I think this year it'll stop being about Delve or just Delve as so many other parts of Office 365 get insight and signals from the Office Graph. All right. Number two, API Open Enterprise will show up in search. What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, I, I will try to explain myself, and Pete, you have a, a great wisdom of words so you might be able to tell me with that this is the other carryover that i predicted last year um, there's a, a a notion of an open enterprise which is companies and services show up through other services in a very ad hoc open way sometimes called the api ecosystem so for example you can through a starbucks app buy things from other companies or see information from a Dow Jones when you're in somebody else's um, application. Oh, this is this is me ordering my uh, next Uber directly from the Maps app on my iPhone. Yes. I'm, it's sort of federating those sorts of services. That's the analogy in the consumer yeah. land. And Got in it. the enter enterprise, that kind of mashups and services showing up through other services 
is happening a bit. My prediction that it will show up in search is sort of the, I used to call this the active applications, that as you're exploring information or trying to find things, whatever appropriate API or application can can help you shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen it yet. So uh, I, I was looking for it all last year. I've played with and building a little bit of this myself. And I think it's a fascinating area. I'm going to carry it over to a prediction that this will actually show up in a commercial offering this coming year. And there's really good signs around that when you look at the Cortana apps and natural language queries that are happening in various areas. Uh, How about number three? The intelligent intranet will become a commonly understood thing and real. Yes. Okay. So how will I, how, how can you hold my feet to the fire on this? As you know, we, we had a lot of fun in the last six months with this concept of the intelligent intranet. I produced a set of videos of friends and people that I just accosted at a, a couple of conferences asking them what they thought the intelligent intranet was. And I got a huge diversity of opinion. One one person told me, well, I don't know what the intelligent intranet is, but I sure know what the dumb intranet is, and that's what I have. <laughs> I'm predicting that rather than asking 10 people and getting 11 different opinions about what the intelligent intranet is, I'll get less than three distinct views about what the intelligent intranet is with, with 10 opinions, and that there'll be uh, real deployable intranets that aren't just hinting at helping you through real machine intelligence, but really have it in a, in a, in a palpable way. Okay, I'm glad you gave me a number. But again, I feel a little bit like this prediction is, you know, dogs playing poker. I don't know art, but I know what I like, right? I yes. feel like you have a lot of wiggle room on this one. So, uh, okay. you know. All right, All right. well, I'll try to... Uh, <laughs> Abuse that wiggle room as much as I can. <laughs> Liberally. All right. Number four, half the intranet in a box products will die. In the uh, last 18 months, there's a whole category of products that add on to SharePoint or Office 365, which is by far the most popular platform to build intranets and digital workplaces. And these all promise to give you a short deployment time, a, a ready-built thing. And there's been an explosion. There's Clearbox just came out with a report that has 36 different uh, entrances uh, that are reviewed. Most, actually all of them came from system integrators that had built some intranets and decided to take a framework and make a product. At the same time, Microsoft is building out of the box intranet capabilities in Office 365 with the promise that at least for departmental or smaller firms that you won't need add-on products uh, or at least won't need this kind of different face. Often people use this because they're like, I want SharePoint, but I don't want it to look like SharePoint. So I'm predicting that out of these 36 products, 18 of them will no longer be on the market by the end of 2017. And that's so you can measure that, hold me to it, and it's... it's uh, rather dire prediction for uh, for that. Yeah, it is it is dire. I'm not sure if it's more or less dire than number 5. Teams and Facebook workplace battle will hurt Slack and kill Jive 
but Yammer won't die. If you, as a listener, aren't familiar with Teams and Facebook Workplace, these are two collaboration things that both came out in the last two months. Um, Facebook Workplace is a new offering that uh, basically gives you a Facebook-like experience at your work. And Microsoft Teams is another collaboration offering in the Microsoft suite that is clearly aimed at the kind of success that Slack had. In fact, so is Facebook Workplace. So Mm -hmm. I predict that as Facebook really starts getting traction and Teams will come out of preview sometime in the next quarter, there'll be a feature price battle between those two players. And they're both trying to be Slack killers. Slack is, I think of it as, I'm old enough to think of it as IRC, but it's <laughs> extremely popular. And I, I actually use all three of these just because yeah. I, uh, I'm that kind of guy. There'll be something that really takes off between the two of them, but inevitably it will, it, it will take some of the luster off of Slack, but I don't think it'll kill Slack. I think on the other hand, uh, Jive, which was a sort of preeminent enterprise social network, uh, Jive and Yammer is probably the, the two leaders in the category. I think Jive is going to have a hard time with this, both because of sort of this stripped down, simpler paradigm and the fact that the price points of Facebook Workplace is a dollar a month per user. Teams is somewhat similar. Uh, it's it's just highly disruptive for for things like Jive. Now, Yammer in, in this picture is, there's definitely people predicting that Yammer will die. I was on a, a panel two weeks ago, and what came out of my mouth was that there's only three things that will survive a nuclear holocaust, which are um, cockroaches, Mick Jagger, <laughs> and Yammer. Bold claims. Yes. So Especially I don't th- for Rolling Stones fans. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, so I don't think Yammer in this mix uh, will continue to be confusing about when do I use Yammer, when do I use Teams, is there any investment in Yammer. At the same time, the people that use it are really now loyal and really starting to drive adoption. So it's it's a weird weird time in that curve. So that was prediction number five. Let me just ask you, though, personally, as, as a user of all of them, which one is your favorite? I use them for different things. I use Teams, and actually we're adopting Teams at BA Insight because it really okay. fits the instantaneous... Let me get somebody right now, like an IM, but it has a permanent thread in a in a small community. And I use Yammer for external networks where there's a large number of people and you sort of want to publish to a mass and see if anybody has any comments or thoughts. And how about Facebook Workplace? Have you uh, dabbled in that yet? I've only dabbled by, I, I have not been admitted into the workplace, Facebook workplace program, yeah. nor, nor into the Google Springboard program. I don't know. Maybe they know who I am. Well, in Google's case, they definitely do. But I, I have my devious ways. So I have used Facebook workplace and probably use it about once a week. And I'm, I think it's for the people that grew up with Facebook and use Facebook uh, every day. It's pretty good. 
uh, and, yeah. and it's it's sort of what you'd expect. I, I'm still just waiting for somebody to not realize that they're in public Facebook and put something about their company that they shouldn't into the uh, uh, into their private Facebook. But I, I know that the branding is designed to keep you from doing that. But uh, it's inevitable. Still, that should be prediction five and a half. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I I think uh, that leads us into number six. Uh, your prediction number six. Azure versus AWS versus Google Cloud, you say Azure is going to gain 10 points. Yeah, and I mentioned that the march to the cloud is inexorable. Microsoft is an interesting beast because it's fighting on several fronts. The primary front right now is against Amazon. Now, I I don't think that uh, Microsoft stock is going to to beat Amazon stock because Mm -hmm. Amazon has a, now that there's, drones and Amazon branded trucks delivering to you. There's a, a very healthy business there. And Amazon still has five years on Microsoft and 20 points in market share, right? It's uh, Azure, uh, AWS has something like 31% versus Azure at 11%. But Microsoft is investing like crazy and growing much faster Google is also growing quickly, but is way behind in market share and sort of taking it out of IBM that's shrinking. So the battle is really shaping up between AWS and Azure. And I, I, I see this, you know, whenever one drops a price, the other one drops the price. When there's a new service from Amazon, there's a new service from Azure. And it's, it's, it's like the days that there were two gas stations competing against each other across the street from each other. Right, right. Uh, so my prediction is that Azure will gain 10 points on Amazon, not to become neck and neck, but to get pretty close by the end of 2017. And how this leads us into number seven, you say there's going to be a shift in the web search market. Yeah, and here I'm going a little bit afield from enterprise search and, and SharePoint. There's a lot of analogies, what we learned from the web search market Uh, We can't really apply directly to the enterprise, but it's very interesting to me. And Google has been the gorilla there for forever with being a distant second. This past year really was the year that that being past 20% of searches per month, if you will. I mean, Google is about – Google's at about 165 billion searches a month. Bing at 24. Facebook is at 30 billion. So a little bit ahead of Bing, even though you don't think of that as your search engine. Yeah, I was going to say, even that may be, uh, you know, one of the most remarkable bullets yeah. in this particular directive. YouTube is at 1 billion. LinkedIn is down at like 112 million searches a month. So it's three, four orders of magnitude down. Ads and ad, and privacy are a huge trend in that market, and the ads are what drives the business. Uh, at the um, Russian search engine, Yandex, which is awfully good, hasn't been in the U.S. market, and I don't know that it will come, but I, I predict it'll come to the U.S. in a, in a much more powerful way. Um, and same with Baidu, the Chinese entrance. Uh, so we'll have new big entrance and it's been since uh, probably 1991 was when there were sort of equal players in that market i i think that 
I predict that there'll be a shift in market share where other players will enter and Google will lose share not to be below, where are they right now, something like 83%, but below the below 70. And that's a pretty big swing in a year. So uh, that I'm, I'm setting myself up on that one. <laughs> Truly. Uh, speaking of setting yourself up, you already mentioned in number eight, Dynamics will gain 10 points on Salesforce. Do you have anything additional to say about that point? Not really, except I'm okay. trying to make this very measurable for you, Pete, so you can I say I that. told you so. I'm setting up my own spreadsheet right now. Okay. Uh, all right, number nine. How about this? Hands-free and holographic information exploration will appear. Oh, see, now this is this is my Blade Runner future. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I still use Blade Runner uh, images in some of my talks. It's very much like that. There's some great HoloLens applications already, but none that I've seen for real information exploration. You're like they're, you're, they're definitely repair things. You're working on a, a jet engine and you want to see instructions. Um, there's a, uh, a neat kitchen design one that, that I, I saw where you can sort of see a virtual reality um, our customers are starting to ask us about these apps, uh, but what I'm really predicting is the kind of thing where you're working in a lab, you can't use a keyboard, so you're definitely hands-free, and you're asking these natural language questions, but then it's not a single answer. You really need to be able to explore the information without using your hands. I'm looking for that to happen this year. That is, with the, the investment we're seeing in things you know beyond just... Uh, you know, holographic, but AR, VR, uh, all of these overlays that are being driven by the investment, the gaming community. I feel like you're pretty safe. Yes. I got a lot of people who are very excited about their 2017 holiday Oculus purchase. Yes, absolutely. Number 10, data sovereignty will become a factor in over half of enterprise IT projects. So you can see that I'm, I'm trying to not cheat on these and have something that's uh, what I've learned for the last two years of predictions is how to how to make these so I can look myself in the face and not feel like I'm smiling. <laughs> data sovereignty is already a big deal. You know, at at the very end of 2015, the EU passed new laws that start taking start having real teeth in 2018. Uh, the thing called the the GDPR uh, data protection directive. The U.S. just a couple months ago amended their Rule 41, which is about what can you seize, et cetera. So this, these information export and data residency, data sovereignty, things that are already in the air, including a lot of news from Russia and China. You know, to, if you're keeping information about Russian citizens, there's a mandate that that has to be in data centers in Russia. And so it's it's become location, location, location. I, I think that the cloud vendors are addressing this by getting data centers in particular locales. But if you have an enterprise and you you're, you're trying to operate globally, this is going to become a big problem this year. Right, right. The the politics, uh, despite trying to stay away from politics in my predictions, I think you look at Brexit, you look at uh, the the elections in the U.S. with Trump at, and upcoming elections in 
in Europe and things becoming more local, there there's going to be new laws and uh, a whole new wave of confusion and difficulty in some of these projects. I was really surprised at a the same panel I talked about cockroaches, McJagger and, and Yammer in the top subject was this data sovereignty subject. It uh, Honestly, it surprises me a little bit that you were surprised, given everything we're hearing about the, you know, the implications of the changing, just, just the changing U.S. administration, let alone the implications of all these uh, all these new data requirements coming out of particularly China and Russia. Uh, that that seems, uh, seems like a thing where a lot of focus is, is uh, uh, a lot of light is being shined on this particular subject. Yeah, absolutely. But this was a panel about the future of share point um, <laughs> noted maybe maybe that is the surprise i hear that um <laughs> this so, was a panel about cupcake delivery cupcake. So yes, that, that surprised us <laughs> exactly so um that that's my top 10 and there, there's um a lot of other things i would love to roll met but I, i'm limited 10 so there's no room for things like splunk's future or the rise of blockchain or um analytics um, but I think that 10 is enough. 10 is enough. Appropriately uh, divisive and uh, a dash political. I appreciate this list, and we will. Uh, I, I think uh, it's fair to say we're going to come back around and do this in 2018 and see just how well you do. Uh, Jeff Freed, thank you so much for your time today, and happy holidays. Happy holidays, and for listeners that are catching up on this over the holidays, I hope you have a a wonderful, wonderful time. If you're hearing this in January, then you can look back at a wonderful time. Absolutely. On behalf of Jeff Freed, I'm Pete Wright. And on behalf of everybody at BA Insight, we sure appreciate your time and attention uh, subscribing and downloading this show. And uh, we'll catch you in 2017. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>